I'm Luna. And I'm Scout. And you're listening to Munchy Ghouls. A podcast with stoners telling you stories about spooky, spooky shit. shit. I still have to cough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're good. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you like so ready for okay, it? Okay, do you want to do voice warm-ups? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to do that. I used to be in a um Episcopalian choir when I was like that little little makes baby. Me want to die. Yeah, and I um Did you sing? Did you have Yeah, I no. Oh my god. Dude, my mom did like the 23 and me like ancestry DNA shit. Yeah. And it's in our DNA that I can't hold a pitch. <laughs> You so, are literally equipped I was born and wired to be talentless. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I God was, I'm an I artist. Was actually, you know? it sucks that I was gonna that I coughed because I took a hit right before you pressed record because I was planning on singing our intro. Oh. Hello and welcome. Oh back. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna do it and not tell you and mm. say how it went over, but you know I had to choke on a. Sorry. Hit and things. Life gets you that way. Yeah. Just it really do punches you in the dick. It really do feel right like when that. it matters. <laughs> so, do you wanna? Let's uh, let's just let's just go. Let's just dive right in. Yeah. Let's get to the nitty gritty, dirty, stinky, willy wacky. Stinky boys. <laughs> Actually, in this case, stinky girl. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's I'm go. going first this time. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna talk a lot this time because it's like. This yeah, one's I think crazy. I should, oh my gosh. We should give a heads up. This is, might be a, a tiny, tiny tad bit longer than our last one because. Um, I chose a long ass story. Um, you chose a novel. Yeah, but like it's so good that I can't not tell it. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you guys, you guys, <laughs> about. <laughs> me <can't>, to, <laughs> tell me and Yams in the corner. Yeah. Oh my god. I looked over and she was. Looking a lot like a gremlin. We should specify that yams is a cat and not an actual. Yeah. Um, yams yams are, are like sweet potatoes. I was so not. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All I'm right. Not, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. So we're doing Catherine Knight and the murder of John Price. Um, and it happens from like nine, the 1950s to the 2000s. Okay. So growing up, Catherine Knight was born and raised. Born and raised. In an unconventional and dysfunctional family environment in the small town of Aberdeen in New South Wales, so like in Australia. Okay, because there's a couple Aberdeens in the United States. Yeah. And if you're in, say, Aberdeen, Maryland, that's where my mother was born, I'd be like, oh. I have I no know. sense of geology, so Great. I don't know, like, how far apart the towns of this are at all, but I'm assuming kind of close. And I hope I pronounce things right, but... Don't worry. So, we're starting way, way back with (laughs) Catherine Knight's mom, um, Barbara Rohan. And she had four sons with Jack Rohan before she started having an affair with Ken Knight, who was Jack's friend and co-worker. So, already off to, like, a bad start, and the main character isn't even born yet. She's already, yeah, it's, anything that starts off with an affair is just not going well. Yeah. I watched two murder documentaries today, and both of them had affairs in it, so. It's, it's, it's always an affair. Yeah, it's just the start You don't of got, and you don't gotta kill bitches over affairs, like, really. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was like, I'm being recorded. No. <laughs> Technically, you don't have to 
My cat found the paper bag from my groceries today. So that's that. Thanks All right. for joining us this week. Um, that's a wrap. <laughs> no. Okay, so picking up where okay. we have to go. Yams. I hope she leaves it alone. That Stinky whatever. Bastard. Uh so it was a small rural town and both families were really well known in the community, so it was like a really big scandal. Um, you know, small town shit. Your regular bullshit. Yeah. And the whole backlash of it caused Barbara and Ken, hello. She's, to, she, she really wants to be a part of this yeah, podcast. To leave Aberdeen and move to Moore. Um, but none of her four sons went with her. Two lived with their father and two of them with their aunt, who was like not really important. Hmm, moving on. Barbara then went on to have four more kids with Ken. Um, so, Damn, like, are just, they Catholic or something? She's just yeah. Is her pussy okay? Has she been to Planned Parenthood? That, she knows she can get birth control, right? Yeah, get um, off of her. Yeah, but two two of the kids are um, a pair of twin girls, and they were born in 1955, and the youngest of the twin girls was Catherine. So, so there's a second one? Yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. And in 1959, Jack Rohan passed away, so the two sons that have been living with him... Moved in with Barbara and Ken. So basically, eight kids overall, but six of them in the house. Okay. So, full fucking family, and starting off bad. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so, Ken was really shitty, um, as most men are, and he was an alcoholic, and he openly used violence and intimidation, as well as rape. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm, uh, uh, and to... He would rape Barbara up to ten times a day, which is an insane amount and really disgusting. And I'm sure he was, like, a dick to the kids as well. Yeah. But Wikipedia didn't really... <laughs> Wikipedia! <laughs> uh, Wikipedia didn't say anything about, uh, like, what I, from what I could find, there wasn't really any mention of what he did to the kids. Um, but I'm sure it wasn't good things. So it, it seems like she just took the, the brunt of all of it. Is, pro- is probably just not... Yeah, it's just not a good situation. Yeah. The cat is literally having... She goes ham. A riot. Yeah. In Scout's room right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is she committing arson in there? She's, like, going to start a fire. No, she's just digging for gold, I guess. <laughs> um, so, uh, Catherine Knight uh, claims that she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of her family, although not by her father. And that continued till she was 11. Um, and other families have confirmed this as true. So it's kind of, it's kind of well known. So just really not a good situation. Not a good upbringing. Yeah. So in 1969, ha, nice, uh, her family moved back to Aberdeen. <laughs> oh my God. I love being 12. Uh, in high school, Knight was known as a loner and a bully, as one would be if they had a lot of trauma. So, uh... I would be more impressed if she wasn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, anyone that goes through all that and is still like, everything's fine, I'm like, good for you. Yeah, that's like, not, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Too. Uh, so she got in a few fights and also was known to bring weapons to school, or she was, like, caught bringing them before. Um... But when she wasn't fighting, she was a model student, 
and earned awards for good behavior, which doesn't really make sense because she was also fighting people and bringing weapons. So uh, that that doesn't, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Um, She leaves school at fifteen. School dropout at fifteen. God, I wish that's like. I wish that was me. Yeah, um, to work as a fabric cutter in a clothing factory. <laughs> Whenever my cat makes noise, I look at the um, garage band because I think that it's gonna pick it up. But no, nope. no, nope, we're just the only ones that gets to enjoy yeah. this stuff. It's so great. So after being a fabric cutter in a clothing factory, cut, cut, cut. Uh, then gets her dream job, cutting up offal or animal organs at her local slaughterhouse. Uh, what a what an aspiration to fucking yeah. have. Dream job, cutting up organs of various animals. That's always something I um, have always thought about aspiring to, but I didn't think I had the technical in the grades. I thought you, you were not joking for a second, no. and I was like, uh, I'm, hold up. I've literally been a vegetarian since I was like 13. That's no. never been something that... Correct. I'm actually a vegetarian, and I have been since I'm 13, so I just want to let everyone know that I am better than you. My vegan meal costs zero dollars. It's I, my own spit. I ate a grain of rice and drank an ice cube, so... No, you don't even drink them. You just, like, lick them a little bit and then put them back in the freezer. Skinny. Yeah. Skinny legend. <laughs> Anyways. Trixie uh, Tofus, sue us. Yeah. Skinny legend Mariah Carey, don't come for me. <laughs> Catherine was quickly promoted to boning. So, like, boning animals. So, you moved on from intestines to the meat and bones. Wow. The whole, the She's whole really working her way up in the world. Yeah, and she was also given her own set of butcher knives. That's terrifying. Uh, She hung the knives over her bed so that they would always be handy if I needed them. That's a quote. Um, Do you ever have so much concern so early on? Yeah. I told you, this is really a wild story. It's It's a whole, like, roller coaster and a half. We just had to reprimand a cat. Yeah. She's in jail now, so it's gonna be fine. Stinky. Uh... So the hab- the hanging the knives over the bed was a habit that she continued until her incarceration basically everywhere she lived. So good good sign. That's a sign of a healthy Don't you mind. Don't know that when you bring a man home and he and, sees your collection of knives yeah. hanging above your bedpost? Well over you know, I respect someone that just makes that move on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> and then also makes me move to maybe possibly like stab kill. you a little bit. Yeah, knife. Play. Just a light stabbing. I'm no king shimming. Yeah, but knife play. <laughs> 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 okay, that's not what this is about. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. On that note. No. So here we go into the whole relationships. Her relationships. Knight met her first husband, um, alcoholic and coworker. David Stanford Kellett uh, in 1973. Catherine was super dominating in the relationship, you know, emotionally. Probably. And I mean, that probably sense. physically. Anyone that hangs knives above their bed is not one to really take That's That's take not rules. a bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I can the, the, put like, it. The law has kind of been... What were you saying? I was just saying anyone that, like, hangs knives above their bed... 
I, I think that's pretty clear about their intentions. Yeah. You, they're not one to, you know, not yeah. wear the pants. Yep. And so in 1974, they get married at her request. So she kind of, like, pressured him into it. And it's known that on their wedding night, Knight tried to strangle Kellett. So she could have... On the wedding night, like, not even... You You don't even have, like, what your fucking... What if she's just really kinky? What if this is all just something that she's super into and has been into? I guess. She just likes she, okay. vibes But and... listen, she later explained it was because he fell asleep after only having intercourse three times. <laughs> I... I know that that's probably, like, oh, my God, like, terrifying to some people, but, like, to gay people, that's, like, well, maybe she's just, like, kinky. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the start of the story, I'm sure it gets worse, but yeah. I, I, I do not doubt that this person's terrible, um, but I, technically, so far, there's nothing wrong with a woman that knows what she wants, <laughs> and sometimes that's a couple more rounds. Yeah. If you're tapped out, just wear diff just wear a dick over top of your dick you know just wear two dicks just they have those they're strap ones that are hollow so i know yeah i i can't believe that's what you gotta do that's i what, if can you believe how pissed i was when i saw like a strap on for straight people when i was like looking at gay things like <laughs> um come into my space <laughs> with your extra dick <laughs> i don't even have a dick it's not fair not you fair. get two and i don't get any how does that add up? It doesn't. I'm asking you, cis men. <laughs> Calling you out. That's what I'm saying. Like, the beginning of the story, I know it's going to go downhill, but all of this stuff, I mean, obviously you shouldn't strangle anyone. Um, yeah. PSA, don't do that. Um, we do not endorse anything that is non-consensual <laughs> and has a safe word. <laughs> Strangling because you just want to get it on more is not acceptable. I just... So the marriage was, like, super violent. Uh, and on one occasion, a heavily pregnant knight burned all of Kellett's clothing and shoes before hitting him across the back of the head with a frying pan because he had ar- arrived home late for from a darts competition. <laughs> Again, yeah. that's kind of just pregnancy. I mean... I mean, you should never hit anybody, but, like, being, how, like, yeah. pregnancy hormones are intense shit, like... No, I definitely... It's just an abusive relationship. Yeah. So far in the story, they're just abusive. Yeah. Probably, is it just her or is it him as well? Uh, Did you I think anything it's, about him? I think it's, like, just her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you. she set him on fire, just it, where they stood in the fucking closet? Or did she at least take him outside? Hopefully outside. <laughs> um, I don't know if she thought that through far enough to take him outside, but... Uh, so in fear for his life... Kellett fled before collapsing in a neighbor's house, and he was later treated for a severely fractured skull. So that was, like, that must have been, like, a cast iron pan, or she's just really insanely strong. Yeah, that's not pregnancy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, Literally, that's like, um, that's a little uh, uh, tap into something deeper inside. No, I have never met any known any pregnant woman to get so hormonal that they're like, I'm gonna crack they, my fucking yeah. husband's skull open. That's uh, that's not good. So police wanted to charge Knight, but she uh, changed her behavior to try and butter up Kellett and talked him into dropping the charges. I don't think anyone would be able to convince me to drop charges after fracturing my skull. Yeah, if I have a crack in my skull, you're getting 
a crack on the wrist and you're going to fucking jail. Yeah. Uh, in May 1967, shortly after the birth of their first child, Kellett left for left her for another woman, and they moved to Queensland, which I don't know where that is at all. Um, but I'm I'm it's not Aberdeen, so I know that. <laughs> Apparently, unable to cope with Knight's abuse, uh, so he was like, "I can't take this anymore. Now that our kid is." out of you, I gotta go. <laughs> you pushed him out, and I'm gonna dip, so yeah. bye. About to ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? I'm good. No, I mean in the story. No, I, I'm, yeah, I'm about I did, to I start again. I, did, <laughs> I was I just pausing mean, to I find mean, myself on the page. I mean, where are you mentally? And you were just like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was asking. So, the next day, um, like, the day right after uh, he, like, dips out, he's like, see ya. Uh, uh, Catherine's seen pushing her new baby in a pram, so, like, a baby carriage, um, down the main street, violently throwing it from side to side, and the baby was in it. Obviously, but uh, that baby is fresh. It doesn't even know yeah. what it is. It so, has no sense of uh, self. You can't do that to a newborn baby. So she was put into Saint Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth. Thank God. Thanks Sesame Street. <laughs> uh, she she was diagnosed with postnatal depression um, and spent several weeks recovering. That's just weeks. That that's the thing though. Postnatal depression. Yeah. Uh, depression. But I think that this, it, I think it was misdiagnosed in this case because no, it's like I know, but definitely a look at something women deeper. Women literally like murdered their babies or thrown them away yeah. in a trash can, and they get off pretty fucking like considering because of what happens after a baby's born. Yeah. You're just like, I don't want it. Which I think is very animal of us, because there's tons of animals that yeah. reject their children after there's they like, have them. like, fuck you. I think it's extremely animal of us to do that, or something's hardwired in our nature that we, we just see around child and we're like, what the fuck yeah. is that? This is why Planned Parenthood exists, people. So yeah. that um, moms options. don't have to murder their fucking babies. When they get depressed and freak the fuck out. Yeah. Onward. <laughs> Almost immediately after being released, uh, Catherine placed her two-month-old baby, Melissa, on an active railway line, um, then leaves the railway, steals an axe, and then goes into town and threatens to kill several people. So, multitasking. And Can someone just put her in a padded room? Like, she just, yeah. she just needs to take a second. Yeah. She really does. She just needs to take a second. A moment. Uh, uh, just breathe. Someone needs to take... A hot minute. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to just take her tools away, give her baby to someone, and just have, just have some tea with her. Yeah. She needs a second. Um, a man known as the district Old Ted, in the district, I'm dumb, uh, who, he was foraging near the wa- railway line, he found and rescued Melissa only minutes before a train was, like, about to pass. Uh, so, Knight was arrested again and taken to St. Elmo's Hospital. Elmo. I said that really weird. But apparently recovered, signed herself out the following day. 
cured. I think if police take you to a mental hospital, you shouldn't be able to sign yourself out. Well, wasn't this during the 60s? Yeah. Well, I know this is, like, late 70s. Oh, shit. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure... Oh, and I wrote, bull fucking shit, she got better. (laughs) So. Underneath your synopsis. Yeah, that's sober me's opinion, so you know it's true. (laughs) Well, I feel like during that time, mental illness especially wasn't taken as seriously as it is now. Yeah. Um, Even now, people who are mentally ill to the point of, like, violence and stuff aren't taken as seriously as they should be. Um were seen as suffering from certain things so i feel yeah. like when she was at that point um, plus psychiatrics hospitals wouldn't be that great no it, like us sitting here now in 2019 weird to say in 2019 19. um that's not a real year um, <laughs> uh is obviously like this person has so much trauma they just need to go away for a little bit and figure it out but yeah. back then they probably were just like you're good they're like oh you're you're fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. We'll, we'll You're swipe, trying to kill your baby, your but that's fine. You can, you can leave. Yeah. Buy a pack of um, A few days later, after after being released, so second time of release, she um, slashes the face of a woman of a woman uh, with one of her knives and demanded she drives her, drive her to Queensland to find Kellett. Um, the woman the woman that got slashed escaped. After they stopped at a service station, but by the time police had arrived, uh, Knight had taken a young boy hostage. Oh my god. Yep. She's on a fucking rampage. And was threatening him with the knife, uh, but she was disarmed when police attacked her with brooms and was admitted to Morissette Psychiatric what Hospital. Is- Can you imagine? I want to know, like, what happened for them to be, like, Hitting her with brooms as a way to arrest her. Not in America. How did? Not in America during this time. Hell no. Yeah, she'd be but dead. Overseas, nah, like back then. Holy shit! They probably just found something. Yeah. They're like, oh shit, we gotta bring our and weapons it, to this. It's even harder to be like a murderer in Australia because they don't have guns. Yeah. <laughs> so. At that time, maybe yeah. I don't They've know. They've had it for a while, haven't they? I don't know anything about not, Australia. Uh, I just know you got kangaroos <laughs> and lots of murder things, things that can kill you, including this lady. Including this lady, but stay on the brooms and everything will be okay. Yeah, I like, I, I wish I had like an Im- like a way of seeing that play out because I'm sure there's a story there. Yeah, how did they, did they all have brooms? Like, the, Was it one man with a broom was it or like was it multiple? Or, four, or was it like... <laughs> Where did they get the brooms? Like, Why did they have brooms? <laughs> what type of brooms were they? Were they a push broom? Were they like the sweep? the wood the wooden like ones? You know. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I just want to know. Lots of questions on that one. What would win? One yeah. knifey woman or an army of broom boys? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so the nurse she tells the nurses at the Morset Psychiatric Hospital that she had intended to kill. Um, the mechanic at the service station that had helped her, like, along the way, um, with the lady's car. Anyone that talks to her is gonna yeah. die. And then kill both her husband and his mother, uh, when she arrived in Queensland. And when police informed this guy about all this shit going down, um, he left his girlfriend and moved to Aberdeen with his mother to support Nate. I would be as I would want to be as far away from her as possible. Some people 
like some people literally just have a connection with someone yeah. as stupid and abusive as it may be that they feel obligated. He might also feel at fault for it, which is another reason. I guess, but like I if someone's can, threatening yeah. to kill you, you shouldn't be near them. Yeah. I don't know, maybe he thought he would fix it, fix it. Obviously he thought I guess. he would fix it or else he yeah. wouldn't be back. Um he tried. Yeah. So she was released from the second psychiatric hospital from on the 9th of August, uh, 1976, into the care of her mother-in-law, and along, and then, so all of them, with Kellett, um, moved to Woodridge, a suburb of Brisbane, so she had changed, uh, changed, obtained, uh, a job at another slaughterhouse, so, like, continuing the dream job just somewhere else. At least she's always gonna have work. Yeah. Animals are always going to need to be slaughtered. I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's not like you're not we're going to have a vegan sort of species anytime soon. Yeah. It's always a field of work. So animals are always going to have to die. There's always going to be, uh, there might always be more. Yeah, we might animals. fuck that up too. Yeah. If there's everyone out there with a dream job like hers, maybe not. <laughs> maybe reconsider getting another talent other than murdering things. She injured her back the following year, so she went on disability pension, um, and the government was giving her a housing commission residence in Aberdeen. So, basically, she was just getting disability, like, compensation. Mm-hmm. Here's where we, like, start getting into the setup for the Moida. Uh, she met... A 38-year-old miner, David Saunders, in 1986, and then a few months later, he moved in with her and her daughters. Uh, their relationship was super on and off, and I wrote, probably because she's super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then in May 1987, she cut the throat of his two-month-old dingo pup in front of him <gasps> for no more reason Why do than dogs always die in your She killed story? it for... As an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair before going to knock him unconscious with a frying pan. Again with the frying pan. It's like, you have butcher knives on your wall, but you're too lazy to pick them up. Apparently the frying pan gets it done, okay? I guess so. Yeah, why do dogs, why do you always pick ones that dogs die? Last time with the skinwalkers, we had multiple dog pups, and this one's getting its throat slit. I guess he like still stayed with her somehow after that and in June 1988 she gave birth to a third daughter Sarah um, so they ended up buying a house together. Uh, Knight decorated the house throughout with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, uh, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. No space including the ceilings ceilings was left uncovered so lovely was, environment for children it was basically a horrifying cracker barrel is what's going on <laughs> the it scariest was, cracker barrel you was, have ever walked into the opposite of family friendly it was, <laughs> like the gift shop was just skulls and teeth and maybe you can buy a couple of lollipops filled with her own blood and, beautiful and you can dine in the comfort of having a shovel and axe above your head it's just a murderous Cracker Barrel type of interior. The best environment. <laughs> After an argument where she hit Saunders in the face with an iron, before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors, 
he moves back to Scone for a while, just for a little bit, you know, after getting stabbed. But when he returned home, he found that she had cut up all of his clothes, so he went into hiding. Uh, Knight tried to find him, but no one admitted to knowing his whereabouts. Thank God for those people. Like, they're the real MVPs. When he returned a few months later to see his daughter, he found out that Knight had gone to the police and told them that she was afraid of him. Uh, So they issued her a restraining order against him. So basically, like, she was keeping him from his daughters. So that relationship ends there. Then in 1990, Knight gets pregnant by a 43-year-old former abattoir. I don't know what that means. Uh, Oh, it's the slaughterhouse co-worker. Abattoir is also another word for slaughterhouse. Fun fact. You've learned something. Bam. Thank you. You're welcome. If you take anything away from this. <laughs> Just take away abattoir. <laughs> uh, so they give... Impressive they, friends. Yeah. Uh, they give birth to a boy named Eric. So she has... Four kids four now. Four kids now. Okay. She also husband, doesn't know about birth control. Two husbands down. Four kids. Do they have Planned Parenthood in Australia? Mm, Probably not. I don't know when I'm not educated or liberal enough to know. I'm not educated. (laughs) To know when Planned Parenthood was funded and in what regions of the world. But I'm sure there were options. She might just not have one of them. Because how is this? Three men. She has four kids. Three of them to different parents. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yikes. And a a collection of knives. So the woman is not one to fuck with. So. Their relationship just lasts three years before she leaves him for a man that she had been having an affair with. Double standards. (laughs) Uh, Oh my god. So she's been having an affair with this guy for some time, and his name is John Price. Well, here we go. It's time. Here we go. Uh, John Charles Thomas Price, just all of the white men names you can think of jam-packed into one was the father of three children when knight had an affair with him putedly a terrific bloke uh liked by everyone who knew him uh his own marriage had ended in 1988 uh and while his two-year-old daughter had remained his with his former wife the other two children uh lived with him Uh, so when they met, Price was well aware of Knight's violent reputation, um, but she... The pussy must be great. I guess so. It has Um, to be doing something. If someone's like, I'm aware that you've hit multiple people with a frying pan, iron, you cut a dog's throat, but that shit bangs. But also, there, there are, like, some people that kind of, like, let people walk all over them, and it's just kind of sad to see them, like, sink into something like that, you know? Yeah, I guess, putting, I guess, but if they're just starting and he's just starting to have a fair, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he's actively going out to look for someone to take advantage of him or she is she Yeah. Like, maybe he like has heard of all of this. Of her? Is yeah, she like, like maybe attractive enough to get away with this? Well, yeah, I have a photo like right here. That's her. I mean, and that's John Price. Describe them for the audience. Oh no. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to describe this photo to you. So, um, John kind of looks like, uh, Mr. Potato Head in, in his, oh my God. Sh- in his shape and his form. Um, he just looks like a, his design. Yeah. 
Um, he, I mean, he just looks like a good lad. Is that what you say in in Australia, lad? Lad. I don't know. A good you chap. You said bloke, right? Bloke. Yeah, sure. Uh, very. I mean, he's just a white dude. I don't know how to describe a white dude. If I was ever... She like, like she I, seemed like she had, like... I think she has, like, blondish hair or yeah, something. Yeah, it definitely looks like she has blonde hair. Her nose is very squished. Huge circle glasses. Looks a little older and definitely has eye bags. I mean, she looks like she cut a bitch. Um, yeah. She's wearing a Tweety Bird dress, which says all you need to know about her. Beautiful. She's literally, like... She's dressed kind of like she wants to show something off in terms of it's just covering her ass. Yeah. But there's Tweety Bird on it. And I feel like that's ahead of its time. And I respect her for that. <laughs> um, and she's smoking a cigarette. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just look like uh, like a white white couple, but a little white trash as well. Yeah. You know I think... Mean? I don't know how how universal white trash is. I don't know... It's everywhere. Yeah, but like, if I said white trash in anywhere in Europe, would people know what that's referencing? Maybe. I don't know. So. John Price got so, kids. So yeah, she moves into his house in 1995. His children liked her. Uh, he was making a lot of money working in the local mines, and apart from violent arguments, uh, at first life was a bunch of roses. That's a quote from him, which I think, or not a quote from him. I think it might be. Whatever. Don't I don't know anything. Please don't fact check us. We're just stoned. We did our we're, research. We're trying our best. <laughs> uh, in 1998, Knight and Price fought over his refusal to marry her. So, in retaliation, she videotaped items he had allegedly stolen from work. Why are you wiggling so much? I dropped my rubber band and it's important that I have something to fidget with. Oh. Also, it'd be like that. Your couch is small and I am not. Uh, my legs are very large and don't fit comfortably. <laughs> Do you want to move? No, it's okay. My legs just can seem to continue and not stop, and they don't quite know where to sit. And I have bunions, okay? <laughs> I have bunions. And they hurt. <laughs> okay, so uh, where I lost my place. Fuck. They uh, won't marry, so she recorded everything about. She recorded stealing. items that she had allegedly stolen from work and then sent the tape to his boss. So the item, even though the items were, like, super out of date and they were, like, medical kits that he had scavenged from a company landfill, Price was fired from the job he had held for 17 years um, because his boss, like, didn't really, really have a choice. I don't really get you into the mood of fucking wanting to marry someone. Yeah. Uh, and so that same day, he kicked her out Good for him. Uh, and she returned to her own home while news of what she had done spread throughout the town. So it's like a small last town. Um, everybody likes this guy, and she just kind of ruined his life. So everybody knows about it. And a few months later, Price actually restarted the relationship, even though he... But now he refused to allow her to move in with him, which is I think is another smart thing. The fighting became even more frequent, and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they remained together. So. If your bitch is getting between your friends. Just end it. End it. it. Dump Dump him. Dump Dump her. Dump everyone. Just. Dump them. Just, yeah. Nothing comes between the bros. Especially (laughs) not the hoes. I I hate you. (laughs) That was so... 
stupid. <laughs> okay. Crack a cold one open with the boys if she's there. I love cracking a cold one open with the boys. You can't! With this bitch in the way. <laughs> no one's to be around you arguing with your fucking chick. Get off the phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, in February 2000, a series of assaults on Price culminated with Knight stabbing him in the chest. Oh, oh. We're at the murder? No. Oh. Actually, I think he survived. Uh, I think. <laughs> I, I, he did. <laughs> Finally fed up, he kicked her out of his house. Uh, he was working on obtaining a straining order against him. And that afternoon, February 2000, er, 29, 2000, February 2000. <laughs> All right. Price told his co-workers that if he did not come home to work, dot, did not... Hello. Oh, no. Hello. Let's go Sometimes back Sometimes I stutter when I'm stoned and it's a lot. When is this? February what? February 29th. Price tells his co-workers that if he doesn't come to work the next day, it would be because Knight had murdered him. Despite their pleas that Price not return home, he stated that he was afraid Knight would kill his children if he didn't. Uh, then call the cops yeah. to the house. Uh, so Price arrives home that night to find that Knight had all the children sent away for a sleepover at a friend's house, but she's not there home. Um, she's not home yet. Uh, so he spends the evening with his neighbors before returning home and going to bed at 11 p.m. So he like really tried to stay at his neighbors for as long as he could until having to go back to his own house. Like, I that's would explain the situation and be like, yo, can I just grab the couch tonight? Me and my, yeah. me and the wife are having issues and she just might fuck around and kill me. Yeah. It's, uh, something. Uh, <laughs> so, Catherine arrives later that night at Price's house, and while he's, like, while he's sleeping, so, uh, she watches television for a few minutes before having a shower. She wakes up Price and they have sex. And then he falls asleep. Um, and at 6 a.m. the next day, the neighbors became worried because Price's car was still in the driveway. And when he did not uh, arrive at work, his boss sent a worker to see what was wrong. Uh, both the neighbor, neighbor and the worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom window to wake him, uh, but then called the police after noticing blood on the front, front door. Yeah. So, uh, the police arrive at 8 a.m., and then they, they break down the back door and, uh, find, uh, they find Price's body with night comatose from taking a large number of pills. She had, all right, here we get, here we go. She had stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. According to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape, escape while Knight chased him through the house. That would be terrifying. Uh, he managed to open the front door and get outside, but either stumbled back inside or was dragged back into the hallway. I think it's the second one. Yeah. Um, where he finally died after bleeding out. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Getting chased with a knife. Oh, my God. In the dark? That would horrify yeah. the shit out of me. That would be, like, the worst thing ever. Could you imagine, like, the, the, like, footsteps behind you? Yeah. While you're you, fucking bleeding you out? You could, like, hear, like, yeah. just how far she was away yeah. from you. Yeah. 
That's ooh. I was I would hate that so much. Do not like. She's probably fucking screaming. You don't know what you're doing. You're yeah. probably going in and out of fucking consciousness. Oh my I don't God. need to paint a picture here for you, but not the way you want to fucking die. Yeah. Uh, so later, uh, Catherine uh, drives to Aberdeen and withdraws $1,000 from Price's ATM account. Um, not a smart move, but I think she that wasn't really planning that on... That literally nailed anything. your location immediately. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, uh, anyone's like, oh, I wonder, like, she left, he's dead. The first thing they're going to do is check phone calls and bank cards and yeah. immediately find her location. Yep. Or at least her last one. Yeah. Uh, Price's autopsy reveals that he had been stabbed at least 37 times oh in both the front and back of his body, uh, with many of the wound extending into vital organs. Eee. Oh, my God. Jeez. Uh, several hours after Price had died, Knight skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook on the arch of a door in the living room. She then decapitated... Wait, wait, did the police, like, did the police find any of this? Yeah, they, they walk in on, oh. on this whole scene. Oh. So, so they, I'm just okay. describing, like, the, kind of the timeline mm-hmm. now. Like, what happened in that short period of time, like, between 11 uh, p.m. and 6 gotcha. p.m. So, she decapitated Price and cooked parts of his body, serving up the meat with veggies and gravy in two settings at the dinner table along with notes beside each plate each having a name of one of Price's children on it she was preparing to serve his body parts to his children (laughs) I know it's now you know why I couldn't like leave out all of it oh my oh my god (laughs) oh my god Was she gonna tell them and like force them to, do you know? Or was it kinda like a secret and then she like was it like it's I always have no idea. you know that it's always sunny episode where um Charlie and Dee uh get tricked by um fucking Danny DeVito that they're eating human yeah. meat and they're not actually eating human yeah. meat? Is it like one of those things where it's like it's human meat all along, ha ha ha, you guys fucking like it? Or is it one of those things where it's like she It's just like fucked up and okay. we don't know really. Okay. Because uh, I figured she'd probably probably be the person to be like, this is your dad. Eat it. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, really terrifying to think about. Uh, a third meal was... Oh, my God. She cooked a full fucking meal. Yeah. A, a full... A third meal was thrown on the back of the lawn for unknown reasons, but it is speculated that uh, she had attempted to eat it, but couldn't. Uh, so... Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. The pot was still warm, indicating that the cooking had taken place in the early morning. So, like, 1 a.m., 3 a.m. Could you, could you imagine walking out on that scene? I, uh, I mean, that's like a... That would change your No six months, six months of police, like, training could mentally prepare someone to walk yeah. into someone's fucking head. I think... A, that's why it's so hard for, like, those small communities. It, it affects them so much because they aren't used to that shit and they're not prepared for it. No. Stuff like this happens probably in really populated cities. I'm sure there's a fuck ton of shit that's happened in Philly that's fucked up the Philadelphia Police Department. Yeah. But when you're across seas in a small, 
nothing town, and then this happens. Like, that no, just changes the no, whole town no forever. No deputy is, is, like, when they hear even, first of all, of murder, and then second of <laughs> yeah. all, of, like, this shit? Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be some... That would be some therapy. That would be immediately closing the case and being like, who the fuck can I talk to? Yeah. Yep. So, sometime later, Knight arranged the body with uh, the left arm draped over an empty uh, one-liter soft drink bottle. Why did I copy-paste it that way? Uh, With their legs crossed. So, headless, but, like, chillin' skinless, too. I, like, don't forget about that part. So she, like, posed the body to... Oh, my God. This woman was, like, never okay. Yeah. Like, she was waiting. Like, this was all building up. She was... Yeah, it was just a moment of, like, that snap. Like, she was ready for that snap to happen. Oh, my God. Yeah. This was claimed in court to be an act of defilement demonstrating Knight's contempt for Price. Uh, Knight had left a handwritten note on top of a photograph of Price, uh, which was bloodstained and covered with small pieces of flesh. Uh, it read, oh, by the way, since she dropped out of school so early, she is, like, basically illiterate okay. and can't read, um, which is kind of hard at 15 to be illiterate, but she managed it. Uh, well, you're here. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm illiterate doesn't mean you can't bully me. Yeah. Or you can. Fuck. <laughs> Just proving really that I'm illiterate. illiterate. Mm. So this is what the uh, note said. Time you got back, Jonathan, for rapping. Supposed to be raping. Uh, my daughter. Daughter. You to Beck. Uh, or for Ross. For Little John. Now play with Little John's dick, John Price. So Little John is like John Price's son. And Beck is Price's daughter. So she's saying that uh, John raped her daughter. I don't really know uh, it's what that. You got back yeah, I don't really know what Jonathan that implied. They like my daughter. They tried to. They like. They looked into that, but there was really like no evidence of of any of that happening. So was this probably her trying to make it seem like this was out of revenge rather than her just being like it, Like it wasn't shit. as bad yeah. as it sounded yeah. well, when it was described to the jury. Yeah. You know? But, uh... Because this would have been like, oh, a mother getting her revenge for, you yeah. know, her partner raping her kid when that probably didn't happen. Yeah. So... Especially because it wasn't her kid, it was his kid, so. Yeah. So on the 8th of November that year, uh... Justice O'Keefe, <laughs> O'Keefe, uh, just a little stoner joke for you stoners out there. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, Justice O'Keefe sentenced Knight to life imprisonment, yay, uh, without parole, and ordered that her papers be marked never to be released. The first time that this has been imposed on a woman in Australian history. Damn. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, first like life imprisonment without parole, mm. and the first one that's like, like don't fucking let him out, basically. Uh, so in June two thousand sixteen or two thousand six, sorry, wow, can't read. Knight appealed the life sentence, uh, claiming that a penalty of life in prison without possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. Uh, 
but incorrect. Yeah. Very. Justices Peter McLean, uh, Michael Adams, and Megan Latham dismissed the appeal in the New South Wales Court of Criminal Appeal. Please get a shorter name. In September, (laughs) they dismissed this appeal uh, with Judge McLean writing in his judgment, this was an appalling crime almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. She can rot in hell. Yep. Uh, and that's the end of my story. It, it was, okay. Wild from beginning to end. Okay, okay. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about where to fucking start with this. First of all, it's a lot of times just from the beginning, it was abuse on her end. Yeah. Very much like, obviously things she probably should have been locked up way before John Price yeah. type of shit. And, um, and here's the thing. You can be traumatized as a child, and that sucks, but you cannot use it as an excuse to be shitty to other people. Yeah, and I think there's a reason for why people do things, not an excuse. Yeah. That's across the board. And I mean, people turn like, out to be sociopaths and things like that from abuse and that's obviously scientifically proven and I'm not an expert on that whatsoever (laughs) nor do I mean to sound like I am but even with all that it never should be used and I will never talk about it in a way that's like it happened and it sucks but it's okay because this person went through trauma I'm like no here's why this person went through trauma by the way they can also fucking beat shit yeah I don't give a fuck what you've been through it's terrible and it's horrible and it probably would have avoided yeah. a lot of people's tasks can can like suggest that a cause for things later yeah and like provides context for like why a human would psychologically be able to do that yeah but it's not it's never an excuse no and i think that goes with hers i think there was a lot of abuse that happened um and trauma that happened and it just spiraled into this thing that never got dealt with and yeah, never it snowballed. got under control and it led to multiple men being hurt and injured and I mean you have to be a certain breed of fucked up to do the type of not only murder but presentation of murder that this fucking woman did like putting it like on display bat an eye at preparing your boyfriend as a meal to his own children yeah like there's no way I mean this goes without saying there's no way someone that just has mental problems is going to do that. Like, there's people with mental problems and there's people that don't fucking feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, that so on that light note, <laughs> tell me about what you got. <laughs> what you got. So, um, mine, I was, I was also going to do murder, but I, I think we need to go a little, I mean, it's not lighter, but a different direction yeah mine was really long so um mine is short but i feel like we have a lot to talk about around it because i want to know your thoughts and opinions on it okay um and i'm sure you've definitely heard of it and the reason i picked this one is because um after about four years of silence on this case uh it we just got more news about it which is really exciting um so this is um malaysian flights uh 370 and I want to talk about okay. the disappearance of that flight. I know about this, and it really freaks me out, but I don't know, like, the fine I, details, I so I'm excited. I've done a lot of research, more than Wikipedia. I'm on Wikipedia right now. Just, <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia right now because they have 
the way that the timeline set up is much easier than like CNN that like wrote out a fucking paragraph for each one, and I don't uh. like that. Um, so I'm gonna just quickly go over the timeline because I think all of us are well aware of Flight 370. Um, what pe- what I was surprised about is for some reason I thought this was way more recent. This happened in 2014. And for some reason... Yeah, it's been five years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't that so wild? And nothing. Nothing on this case. Like, I was doing research, and even the latest stuff was from, like, 2016. Like, this case like just there, went... It just went, like, completely cold, cold. Cold turkey. Because there's nothing you, anyone could do or find about it. Yeah. So, um, let's go over... Let's just do a quick little dive into the, the timeline here of everything that happened. And then I'll discuss pretty much um, the conspiracy theories around it because there's there's a few because any there's a few there's because let me tell you it's anyone's guess at this point because even experts were like fuck if I know <laughs> like literally they're like y'all want to figure this out if the Reddit, experts can't figure it out they, then we're they just were fucked. like Reddit you got anything for us like <laughs> I like people that sit at home people online on all day, yeah people on Reddit like. We just need, we don't need police anymore We don't need police or the FBI or the CIA. We just need a subreddit. We just need Reddit. It should be like subreddit fucking Malaysia flight 370 and within like two weeks it should be solved. Yeah. But in reality, you know, people are crazy. So, um. Yes. Let's get into it. So, um, this was on March 8th, 2014 is when this plane departed. It was departing, um, from Malaysia and it was supposed to land in Beijing um, I believe it departed around, um, yeah, uh, 12.42 in the morning, um, and it was supposed to land in Beijing around 7 o'clock the next day. Um, I would hate that flight. I mean, yeah, it's a shitty flight. The, the scary thing is it was pretty much dark the entire time this was happening. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one had a real clear... So you're just kind of falling passen- into the void. Yeah, like, passengers had no idea where they were because of how dark it was type yeah. of thing. I'm sure no one really knew what was going on, and that's the horrifying thing, is not a single person survived, obviously, because then we would know what happened, but, um, so it departed, um, around that time. That we know of. That we know That survived. Yeah, there's someone on the fucking... <laughs> Sorry, that was really late for that, know, but... there's someone on the coast of some fucking nipple-sized island in the middle of the <laughs> Indian Ocean. Nipple-sized island. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so, uh, Flight 370 uh, takes off from, I think it's called Kuala Lumpur um, International Airport around that time that I stated. Uh, It was above, it was in the air um, probably about five minutes later at 18,000 feet. Um, And when the the first contact they had was basically um, the captain or the flight, the pilot um, letting them know that they had reached um, where they had to be, I don't know. Like cruising altitude? Yeah, cruising altitude. I don't know fucking pilot. I love when they say that. We've reached cruising altitude. <laughs> the little I think it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for about 30 minutes up in the air, um, not much to talk about. I mean, there's not much communication between planes at all times. I mean, being an air traffic control person, I'm sure, is yeah. the I'm most sure it was stressful like, fucking job no matter what. Yeah. So it was just considered to be a normal flight. There was, um, I want to get this fucking number right, um, and I'm probably... So it really just kind of happened out of nowhere. People. Yeah, 239 people um, on this flight. Just a typical flight, Malaysia to Beijing, 
was not super packed. 239 people, I don't believe is that crowded of a plane because those planes can fit like 350 people on it. So it wasn't even a full flight. Wow. And that's including that's including um, pilots and crew. So it was not that packed of a flight. And about 30 minutes in, um, that's when... That's um, still like a substantial amount of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no way to downplay it. Um, they did the voice check-in uh, at night. Mm-hmm. And um, the last communication that they had was basically them saying, Flight 370, good night, Malaysia. It's like the last thing yeah. they had. Yeah, was, That's very ominous, too. Yeah, I mean, which is a typical thing to hear from I know, a plane, but, but the but last thing to say The context is like, makes it yeah, terrifying. Yeah, that was the last thing they had in communication, and that was at 1.21 a.m., and then the tra- um, trans, uh, transponders turned off, and they didn't hear any form of communication after that. Um, so that was 30 minutes from Is it flight. common to, like, turn it off? No one knows. They, um... Weird. Yeah, you'll, we'll figure more about that later, but, um, at this point, I don't know, you said that you're not good at geography, but let me break this down for you. <laughs> um, Malaysia is below Beijing, and it's kind okay. of coming up north, and it curves a little bit. Um, it... Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, so it, cur- it curves a little bit going up, and so they're kind of on that flight path, and then around um, 1.22 a.m., the plane disappears off of Malaysian radar. Me- like the little dot. Boop. Well, that's fine because that Please. means it's picking up on somebody else's radar, which would have happened anyway. Like, they usually yeah. they can't track that plane all the way up to Beijing, mm-hmm. so it was off their radar, which was fine because that means that it was on course for that. Um, then later, uh, Thai radar picks up an unknown aircraft, which is means that... Uh, the plane did um, basically a 90 degree turn and turned um, away from its track onto Beijing and over top of Thailand. And so Thailand had this unknown craft coming through. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah, it did a a full, uh, I I watched the flight path of it. It did a little, it looked like it did a little um, right hand curve, like it was going off towards uh towards australia kind of yeah and then it circled right back around and did a 90 degree so it literally looked like someone like obviously with like a map and stuff like that it's not just like a quick jerk but someone was for like a minute or two going one direction and then completely turned around and did a like 180 and flew the other direction what the fuck happened to make them do like a 180 yeah on a fucking airplane you can't do a 180 on an airplane it doesn't work that way (laughs) So between the times of one uh, one twenty one a.m. and one twenty eight a.m. is when the plane starts to change course and it mm. flies over top of um, Thailand and when it's starting to pick up on um, and starting to pick up on uh, Thailand's radar. So um, one thirty is when civilian radars lose contact with the plane. So um, no one on the ground is hearing from this plane at all. Basically, what happens is uh, at this point there's a lot of calling in. And they're mm-hmm. not answering. So... They're trying to figure out what's so, going on. Yeah, they're ringing in and no one's picking up. Um, which is usually... Is very, very unusual because that's why there's such thing as a co-pilot. That's yeah. That's why there's such thing as crew. Yeah. But when these situations happen, people know that if you hear something fucking ringing, someone's trying to get a hold of a pilot. Yeah. So they called in twice between these times and no one picked up. Uh, at this point, it's still flying. Um, Everything about this is so scary. <laughs> yeah, it's still flying west with zero communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is now going on to an hour since they've taken off. Don't like um, it. Now, at this point, it's coming back around to Malaysia. 
and it's picking back up on Malaysian military uh, radar. So for that image, it's now done a full, it's left Malaysia, started heading to Beijing, took a turn west, flew over Thailand, exited Thailand, and then flew back over Malaysia. So it's done a full circle around at this point, and this is about 2.15 a.m., so they've been in the air for over an hour now. Um, And the weird thing is, it's flying kind of, the way that um, Thailand and Malaysia set up is it's kind of wiggling in between these two two radars, which could be tactical for some of the theories that are happening. If someone wanted to hijack a plane, the easiest way to kind of make them aware of what's happening because that's what terrorists and you know people that take over planes do. They want people to be aware of what's happening. Yeah. Um, it's wiggling. That's, a, that's like uh, also something that's like really fucked up to me. It's like uh, they want you to know that they're doing something horrifying. Yeah. So this plane is now wiggling in between Malaysia and Thailand territories. It's going off radars and on radars, off radars and on. It's literally just like playing tag with with these military bases and these and air traffic control. So people Jesus. are losing this plane and then you know finding it again and trying to contact it. It's it's all over the place. So at this point um, at 2:40 uh, that's when Malaysia Airlines um, reports about this plane being missing. Um, which I think right away they should have sent out help for it and they didn't. Um, That's, like, how countries are with yeah. each other. Um, Everything would go a lot smoother if people actually talk so this, to each other yeah. and not jealous about things. So this is now two over two hours into the flight. 2.40 is when Malaysia says, like, we've lost track of this plane and it's off radar. Um, mm-hmm. Then um, the pre- preliminary search starts around 3.45 a.m., so about mm-hmm. an hour and a half later is when they're trying to start searching for this plane. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, uh, Malaysia Airlines, uh, Malaysia Airlines issues an alert, obviously letting people know. Because that's the thing, you have a missing fucking plane, no one knows where that plane is. There's so yeah. many flight paths going over that if there's one invisible thing on a radar, it is very possible that if you can't see something coming, you don't know. They could have easily gotten to another crash with another airline. Yeah. Because of the way that, like, air traffic control is such a tight-knit, fucking stressful job. You cannot have an, a huge, invisible floating object in the air like that. It would just fuck everything like, up completely. Yeah, absolutely. So, every, it's like sending out a warning signal, like, hey, there's an invisible entire fucking commercial airline in the air. We don't know where the fuck it is. If anyone sees us, let us know. We lost it. I can't <laughs> find it. Has anyone seen my dog? Like, <laughs> literally just being like, please help us. We've lost nearly 340 people. It's like um, when you have your phone in your hand, but you're like, where the fuck is my phone? Yeah. Like you today. Uh, or yesterday. Listen. Um, so, uh, 6.30 rolls around. They should have been in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not. So now it's becoming publicly aware throughout, you know, people on the ground what's happening because obviously there's families waiting there, there's people waiting there, and that flight doesn't come, it's not just delayed. So this is where we get into the creepy shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So that plane was uh, fueled for about seven and a half hours. The flight was supposed to take almost five. Mm. So um, that's another issue. Jesus. Yeah. 
um, was now that plane is eventually so it, it's not going to have enough fuel yeah. basically. So um, based on the latest radar and um, where they have found things washed ashore, they have pulled together um, that after it made that west hand turn over going back over top of Malaysia, it's now going directly south into the Indian Ocean where there's no stretch oh, of land. It's the space in between um, Africa and Australia, and that obviously I'm just explaining to explain and make it important that there is a huge gap of just ocean and nothing. Yeah. And it's exactly is where it they're deep heading. ocean? I mean, yeah. It's like it's, really deep ocean. It's, you know? They're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Like in smack dab in the middle between three large continents. And they're flying over it for about two hours with no Ooh. contact. And no one can find this plane because it's off radar. The only reason they found out where its location is was eventually because of records and figuring out the plane's location before it disappeared and then where things washed ashore. But they didn't find that out until months after this happened, years after this happened. So they're on a trying to find a needle in a haystack, setting out these these jets and and ships looking for crashes or anything, and they yeah. can't you know they can't find anything. So this aired the next day. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I remember that. It was huge, a huge deal. Yeah, this I remember huge it. Commercial airline, um, and eventually, you know, they can't find anything. And I remember it, the news dying out almost as quickly as it started. But there was yeah, it which was weird didn't because stay on it for long. But I think it's I think that's because it didn't happen like on you know North American coast for us. Yeah. Like that's kind of yeah, and there was there was the U.S. Three, doesn't give a fuck about anybody else, and I think it's stupid. The flight, it was mostly um, Chinese people, and there were Malaysian people, a couple people from Australia and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, so the what happens later on is what basically all we have to go off of, and um, they did basically a big X-ray of the ocean and the perimeter. Oh, cool. Yeah, the perimeter of what they thought was because things washed ashore, very small pieces of debris of the plane washed mm-hmm. ashore on Australia and Madagascar. So there was this huge stretch of land, and they were thinking, you know, mapping out where this plane could have landed. Yeah. And um, with that, they kind of got like a hundred mile radius of where it could have been. Yeah. Um, Washed ashore in Madagascar is, I think, the most horrifying part of all of this because it was the extension wing that comes out when you land. It's the things that go up um, that basically stop the aerodynamics of the plane to oh, slow shit. you down when you go on the thing. Yeah. And the way that it was found in the debris was that it never came off, meaning they completely did a 90 degrees nosedive into the ocean. Oh my god, that is so scary. Like, pitch black, th- 2 to 3 in the morning, you were just out of fuel. Like, they were probably on autopilot, yeah. and then just That's dropped. somebody that doesn't know how to fly a plane. Or, I think, uh, I think the pilots are either unconscious or dead. I mean, they're dead now. Well, yeah, like... The they know how to fly the plane. The pilot had been flying for 15 years and had done, like, I think it was 35,000 well, hours of they, flight time. When people are hijacking planes, they teach you, like, how to fly the plane, but, but not how it, to land it. I don't think it was a hijacking. That's the thing. Really? Because they weren't heading anywhere. Yeah. And there was no reason hijacking's terroristic or no, not. No, it was, like, hijacking, but then... Maybe people tried to save the situation? I, that's the thing, and that's what I want to discuss, is 
we don't have anything to go off of. All we know, a lot of people think it was fire because of the cargo that was on the plane. They believe that there was a battery fire that started, but it still doesn't make sense because of the time that they thought that battery would have started. It was over top of Thailand and Malaysia. It would have had the time to find a place to land, and it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> like, it just didn't. So they think it's highly unlikely. All these theories are just what they are. They're theories. There's nothing that's so hardcore. There's not even one that makes more sense than the other because of how little we have to go yeah. off of. Um, what I think is, I mean, what I think doesn't really matter. But what I, but what, it does matter right now. Yeah, what I think in this, in this context is I believe there might have been someone on that plane that was being targeted, and the hijacking might have been kill one person to sacrifice everyone else. Yeah. But... They did, think it, they, like, went wrong? they did background checks on every single person on that plane, and nothing, nothing came up. 230, I mean, that's not that surprising. It was literally just yeah. supposed to be an ordinary flight from Malaysia to Beijing. It, I mean, you can look up the names, you can look up the people, you can do your own fucking background checks if you wanted to. They, they didn't find anything incriminating, um, nothing, so it literally... They said goodnight, it went dark, and then they nosedived into the Indian Ocean. Jesus. And that's all we have to go off of, Malaysia 370. It was aliens. <laughs> Literally, that's fucking... There's a, there's oh my god, there's an X-Files episode kind of like this, where it's like a flight that disappeared, and uh, there there's like a part that they show on the plane where like this light flashes and everyone just kind of freezes. And they're, like, kind of stuck, like, frozen in time. Well, the craziest thing is they found nothing, and this was the most expensive, um, I don't know the word to describe it. Like, they spent the most amount of money in, like, aircraft history for... Trying to trying find, to find it. I think it was, I don't want to get the number wrong, I will. I think it was close to $55 million Damn. spent. I think it's somewhere close to about uh, over 300 boats and around... Uh, like a hundred planes, yeah, just jets sent out, and they found nothing. How does it disappear? Like, how do you? How does something how, that big? How does something that big? Not a single that body many parts to it. Single body wash ashore. Yeah, not a single key part that we could go off of. You can't find an entire commercial airline. And the reason I did this story is because on January 17th, 2019, a fisherman just now came and said that he saw the plane crash. Oh my gosh. And he wrote down coordinates. Oh my gosh. That's crazy, so crazy. Right? Well, what's crazier is it was actually near the Philippines, which is the complete Whoa. exact opposite direction of the, where they thought they were going. Well, then, then what happened for them to go to the Philippines? Like... I don't know. It might not even have been that crash, but there's no other crash that had happened around there. Why did he wait five years before coming forward about it? But he said him and his he was out fishing, fishing village because that's about the Philippines. It's that was fishing. that's truly like staying in my lane energy right literally, there. Literally seeing an entire commercial airline on go January down. January 17, 2019, this dude just came forward and said and has exact coordinates of where this is. And that's it. I saw a couple articles on it. It was like the smallest thing ever. And he's like, I saw flight 370 go down. Does he know for sure that it was that flight? But what, if he saw a flight go down... I mean, what else would it be? What else? What other flight would it be? Yeah. Like, like it happened on the same day. We would have heard 
And it, he said it was that, like, if it was happening that day around that area of the world, what other fucking flight could it be? We would have heard about it. I wonder, maybe people just didn't believe him. He said, I don't know, but here's like, the thing. Like, was it's it a so, small boat or a big boat? No, it's just a fishing boat. It's a, so it, it's, small. yeah, it's a, you Was know, he, like, by himself? Yeah, I think it was him and a fishing partner. But he had coordinates written down on this on this piece of notebook paper, and that's all I got out of it. I didn't know if they were reopening the investigation. I swear to God, it was probably because nobody believed him and his friend. Yeah, people don't believe and that. And it kind was of not shit, even. And the reason it's they like probably, we saw the if the Malaysia true, flight go down. If it's like, true, fuck you. No, you no, you didn't. <laughs> if it's true, no wonder they didn't find anything because they've been looking at the wrong places the entire time. Yeah, and the debris that could have washed ashore might not even have been the debris that belonged to flight 370 so they could yeah, have been looking course. at the wrong evidence this entire time and looking at the complete wrong place that was a couple weeks ago and i've heard nothing about this story if they don't take That's this so fucking wild. man he has no reason to yeah lie. he has literally no reason to lie other than like might as well check it out yeah. like now they have the technology have to nothing. do so they so have nothing like you might as well they probably the well. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that can change about the ocean's current, but I mean, like, yeah, it, it goes different areas, so it's not like uncommon that there yeah, would exactly. be shit yeah. washing ashore, like where like super far mm-hmm. away from where it actually happened. Yeah, it's just it's a story that's so intriguing to me because of how huge a commercial airline is. Yeah, like not a single like. I know this is so morbid, but not a single body, like not a single body anywhere. I guess if it's such deep ocean, you kind of, I, well, you float, you know, don't you? You float. For how long does a body Okay, float? you know about the, the, um, that one place that always gets feet, like, you know, do you always hear of like severed feet washing ashore? No. There, okay, I'll do it sometime for one of the stories, but there's this whole thing about like feet occasionally wash up on the shores of places, um, because when like it's just the only part that like sharks and shit won't eat oh really yeah because that well i mean while they're eating that part like the shoe is usually has like a rubber sole or something so it floats so it's now like light enough to float up to the top and then like move along with the current i've heard that before yeah first of all ew second of all not a single foot so like yeah it just amazes me. It just amazes me if, if, the, if, like, that many people, nearly 240 people, obviously dead. Like, they're, yeah. unfortunately, like, I was going to say God rest their soul, but I'm not about that life. Um, like, I hope that wherever they are, they're at a better place than the bottom of the ocean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I feel so bad for those families. Talk about not having any fucking closure. Yeah. Oh, nothing. my gosh. Like, you have nothing. And just having to live with that for the rest of your life not knowing not how knowing your where loved the body one died of, of your of your loved one is somewhere in maybe in the indian ocean maybe somewhere near the philippines life is pain yeah sure fucking is existence is meaningless let me we're gonna do a quick this is gonna be a live search ladies and gentlemen we're gonna do a malaysia flight are you gonna see if there's anything new i want to see if there's anything new because i waited uh like a week or two since this all it is is the same stuff like and I I'm not gonna take Daily Star seriously. Yeah. I mean look at look at what what is that graphic? This also raises another question for me, um, and it might just be because I'm stoned and stupid. Uh, what if 
uh, if it was a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. um, that could imply that almost all like plane hijackings just end up going wrong and like disappearing because no one knows how to fly a plane. Well, that and 9-11 probably was the only one that succeeded, but also... Are you trying to tiptoe around your words right now? Yeah, I'm trying not to look really, really dumb. (laughs) Okay, I understand what you're saying. I'm just stoned and I like conspiracies. Yeah, no, I think here's the thing. I don't think hijacking is out of the question. I think that um, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because why, like... What's the reason for it? Yeah, yeah. What's the reason? What territory would like? If you're hijacking, if you're hijacking a plane, hijacking. Shut up! I'm stoned. You fucking cunt. If you're going to steal a plane, going from Malaysia to Beijing, where in that territory in seven hour flight would you need to hit to have a terrorist attack? You know what I mean? Like, would yeah. it, like, where would it be going in that territory with that amount of fuel that that place was a target? North Korea? But, like, <laughs> why would you crash a plane anywhere? Like, nothing... Just, like, I guess I shouldn't say that because the same questions were arise when we had terrorist attacks. Like, 9-11, of course, everyone was like, why would you do that Yeah. type of thing? I mean, obviously, there's not a good reason for it, but just nothing makes sense in this context. Mm-hmm. Nothing, I mean, hijacking doesn't make sense. There were no calls going in and out of the plane from loved ones, which yeah. is crazy. Like, why was there no... I'm sure, like, if you were... Like, like you know, if, if, if something was happening on that plane, you know something's happening on that plane? Maybe every... Okay, maybe everyone was offered drinks on the plane, you know, like, yeah. water and shit like that, like they do um, on planes. <laughs> I hate myself. Uh, and they what if? Yeah, what if they were drugged and everyone was just knocked out so that they could do whatever they wanted? Okay... Yeah, and then the people that were still like awake somehow were like trying to make a stand for it or something. I don't know because here's the thing: like it's such like a large period of time. Like they flew over the Indian. I mean, a large span of time. They they suck my fucking luck nut. You absolute fall. Um, they're. I'm so upset that you corrected me. When you're flying over that span of ocean. Um, it's just like a blackout. It was a complete blackout. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing, I keep saying it, but we have nothing to go off of. We can sit here and theorize. It goes all, all the way want. to the top. <laughs> yeah, and even if the top experts are like, fuck it, fuck it, I know. That's fuck not, it. That's not my business. It just sucks. Like, these fucking families don't have any closure. Could you imagine, like, me getting on a plane that disappears into the middle of the fucking universe and you just... That's it. That's all you got. I'd, I'd be pretty pissed. I'd square up with yeah. that. With that I'd square up with God. Yeah. It just <laughs> like, sucks. Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it just it sucks. Um, leave your comments below about what you thought happened to Flake <laughs> for a second. There, I, I don't think you can fucking comment. Um, I on. forgot to add in the last episode that we have an email. Oh my god! <laughs> if you want to send us your your stories. Um, we don't do shout-outs, I don't give a shit about anyone, so do not ask for one of those. Yeah. Um, I don't our, s- Okay, our, before I forget again, our email is, uh, munchyghouls at yahoo.com. I'm so upset that you get a fucking Yahoo account. Let me just, 
Here's Gmail the, accounts are too complicated. Here's the real tragedy of today. Scout making a Yahoo account instead It's like of off-brand G- email. Okay, first of all, incorrect. Second of all, Gmail is superior in every single way. It, no, I'm talking about Yahoo is off-brand email. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I'm roasting myself. Please stop. Because it was easy to make. You just like they just like make your account. Typing Bam. in Yahoo. They don't ask any. Back to, like, they don't ask stuff. any. They don't ask you any personal questions like Google does. Google doesn't need to know about my other emails. Fuck. So we have a Yahoo account. If you guys want to hit us up. Scout uh, and Luna get sued by Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's this episode. <laughs> Google's on the front door, being like, "I heard you talking shit." <laughs> Um, so we have an email. Feel free to send us any sort of um, stories that you want us to cover. Um, I mean, I already like personal have, stories. I have don't a, suggest things to us. <laughs> oh my god. I have a whole list, whole list yeah. of of things to go down by. But um, yeah, Malaysia fight flight three seventy. I fucked you up. Just you have, we'll just never get closure on it. We have to be real here. There would have to be a case like this of a commercial airline disappearing into thin air. Yeah. Have to um, be a miracle for us to figure out what happened. And thank God Catherine Knight is rotting in jail. Yep. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>